0: In this episode of Man Vs. Marriage, it's the love talk. Now I'm not going to teach you how to flirt or spit game. We're talking about love. The Podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man vs. Marriage In this episode of Man vs. Marriage Ah crap, keep it in there Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage It is I, the Q Diggity Dog In the Moran Family Studio With my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran ah, Honey, hello. say hello Yeah, you go There you go You use that stank face
1: You said spit game that just does not sound attractive in any form.
0: Well, I said I'm not going to teach you how to spit game, but we're talking about love.
1: You're talking about spitting in females. Them, when he, look,
0: when you a uh, you young stud, you got to learn how to get out and spit that game so the ladies will melt in your
1: hands. You have been around our son too much.
0: I talked like this before. Josiah and I started piling around
1: well you have never spit anything at me for game
0: even when I was doing all kinds of voices I would say baby my day my day is fly fly fly
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's funny
0: you still laughing fly (laughs) that's an old Moran Brothers character there and uh that was by...
1: It's because I can never hear it and not picture the stupid afro on your head. Yeah, I know. And the bounce.
0: Yeah, fly, fly. <laughs> that was a great character. That Those were great times, even though they were tough. They were great times. Um, so let, today, let's talk about love and the love talk. Let's talk about love languages. Let's give you a journey episode so Jeannie and I can tell you about our experience with love language and how Coach Rita helped us understand a little bit more about who we were and what we needed. And like Jeannie said in the last episode about needs, the love languages is really a simple way to kind of look at the blueprint of how you're wired. Now, it could be very situational, but if you're taking it and there's no like crazy chaos in your life... You should be able to get a basic count of how your needs line up. And then when you take that, I mean, I think the book is great. I listened to the book. Um, I don't know if we read it back when we did this. Yeah, but I she listened. had us
1: read Gary Smalley.
0: But there's a ton of, you know, what you, if you're not religious, it really... Does not matter because you can get. I don't think there's a whole lot of religion in this particular book.
1: No, I think it was only in like the um, there's homework towards the end of each chapter where they want you to like consider some things or think about some things. And there might be a little scripture at the bottom with a like a devotional or something for you to think on. But he was never really, in my opinion, it was never like shoving it down your throat kind of,
0: yeah. And in this, this is one of those philosophies that I, I uh, gleaned from my cousin Noah, which is eat the meat, spit out the bones. So take the nutrients that you can and leave the rest behind. But if you if you go and read or listen to the book, you hear stories about people, their marriage, what they were working through, what they were dealing with, the challenges that they had, and truthfully... Some of these things are amazing. Some of these relationship transformations are amazing. So you look at um, the love language, and if you've done it before, look, I, I get it. I've had people tell me, oh, I did that a long time ago. Okay, well, it was nice if it was an exercise, and maybe it made things better for a little while. But truthfully, you're only going to maximize the benefit if it's something that you keep up with. And I'm not saying you have to invest in all five love languages, but really, go back. Refresh yourself if you've done it before. If you haven't, here you go. Now, keep in mind, the last episode we did based on needs, if you haven't listened to it, definitely check it out. I gave you uh, the layman's term or the, the common man's idea of what needs were, and mine were mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, financial. And then I talked to you about the six human needs, and I I basically gave you the idea um, based on what Tony Robbins, Anthony Robbins talks about, which is uh, certainty, uncertainty, significance, love and connection, growth, and contribution. Now, like I told you before, I don't know if he was the originator. I just know he's a prognosticator of those things. And he has a fantastic way of opining about those and giving you some greater insight to what they are about and how they can be constructive or, deconstru- or destructive. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. Now, for the love languages, um, that can be uh, illustrated by these five things. There's words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, quality time, and acts of service. If you just go to whatever search engine you have on your phone or your computer, type in the five love, love languages, you can go and take the test for free. They'll email you the results, and then you can take those... And you could take, you know, ask your wife to do the same and then find out where you rank. And I'll tell you, strangely, they are very accurate, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. They are. So when Jeannie and I first took them years ago, mine lined out like this. Now, she doesn't have hers dialed in as directly as I do. Or as accurately, because I...
1: He kept his test, so he has all the numbers on what order and how many points for each thing. I did not keep my test, but I know the order that they were in because we've hammered it several times between the two of us in conversation.
0: Well, just to tell you, whatever email you used, I'm sure it's saved in there, no matter which email you use.
1: There's over 35,000 emails in my email right now. I'm not looking for it.
0: I'll teach you how to search it, okay, so that you know. Anyway, when I first took it, Mine lined out like this, words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, acts of service, and always last, receiving gifts. And I don't know why that is. I do know that I do not like to open gifts in front of people. You don't. And I, it makes me very uncomfortable. And the and, more
1: expensive the gift, the more weird his face gets. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> especially if it's mine or our money being spent on the gifts, uh, which I'm trying to work on that. Now, what they'll do is they'll tell you how many points of what to kind of show you what the gap is. Words of affirmation for me uh, was a 9. Physical touch was an 8. Quality time, 7. Acts of service, a 5. And receiving gifts was a 1. So obviously I'm not very balanced, if that has anything to do with it, which I probably should have known before I started this show. But I don't, so there you have it. Um, Genie's was physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, receiving gifts, and acts of service, which is very interesting. Acts of service. I wonder why they didn't rank higher for you. You don't need people. I don't need nobody to help me.
1: No. Acts of service is, is um, I think, because I'm so used to doing everything. And in the time that we took this test, you have to remember, the first time we took this test has been, what, 12 years ago? Mo yeah. was a, Mo was a baby. So for those other eight or nine years of our marriage, all those little people... I I was doing their stuff. So I didn't really want people helping me. It was more whatever the kids needed. Whatever the kids needed. You would come and say, We've got this which was rare, but if we did have it, it'd be like, We have this extra hundred bucks. Is there anything <laughs> that, is there anything that we need? Or actually it wouldn't even be we had an extra hundred bucks. It'd be so and so sent us yeah. this gift. And Is there anything that you need or that we want to do with this? And it's always been the kids need blah. That's always been how I've, I've done it for years. It wasn't until Rita really started picking at me. I mean, hell, it wasn't even until we went to that first hockey game. It wasn't even a hockey game. It was the autograph thing that it was just like. I'm allowed to have stuff. And I'm allowed to be okay with it. And it's it's okay that we spent money on this. It took me a while to wrap it around my head that it was okay for me to feel good about spending money on something that I wanted for me. It's it's uh, I was programmed wrong for a long time. I'm working on it, though. I mean, I don't mind having people do things for me now. But I still get antsy about it because it takes away control for me. And I'm... well. Like, don't let my kids clean anything in our room that's mine. (laughs) Don't let the kids touch anything that's mine. I would say that... No dirty faces from you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now it's my turn for a tank face. Um, I would say that we had a ton of help as the kids were growing up because people would come and help, and we would burn them out, and then they would disappear.
1: But I think the help that we got was more... It wasn't directly at me. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't you know what I'm an act it wasn't of like service. An directly act of service to me, it was to you. More like coming in and doing something because we needed to run an errand or we needed babysitters yeah. or you know it wasn't because honestly we didn't go out a lot. We didn't do a lot of things just to go do them. It was. It takes me six hours to do grocery shopping and we need a babysitter. Or, you know, we have doctor's appointments and I'm going to be on the road for X amount of time and we need someone else to watch the kids. We had people that came in and, and helped, but it was kid geared, not necessarily true for me personally. I think acts of service in this particular scenario is more like me prepping your food for you when you were on your your routine and needed x amount measured out and all that kind of stuff. That would be an act of service because it was directly impactful to you.
0: Well, and and that's what I want to I want to look at because when I took this again, I was in the middle of that 3 years where I was having my colon chopped on and you know hernia surgeries to repair.
1: You were a Frankenstein. They were just taking they all just, of stuff. They were just
0: they were cutting me to pieces and I look at when I took that because I, w- I just wanted to see, is there times in your life where these love languages can shift? And look, stick with us. We're getting to a point here. We're getting on a rabbit trail, but we are getting to a point here because it's really gonna teach you uh connection. You know what? Let me let me actually just move on to our point and then we can, you know, gab about do they change. Whatever, or do dude, they not? you're running the show. Yeah. I'm running this show. So when it came to understanding how Jeannie and I are wired, Coach Rita had us take this test, and then she just basically kind of focused on the top two, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And the the top two, like for me, um, being words of affirmation, you could build me up. And make me a hero with your words affirming me. Just a little word goes a long way. Or if you don't say anything or you say things negatively to to me, they can crush me or destroy me. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. You were not aware of that. And so we were not using language or being intentional in building that area up. Because words of affirmation was something that I needed to make me feel like I mattered and like um, I was important. Or it, those words would give me confidence to go out and to conquer.
1: And it also, your need for that, I think, also kind of twisted sometimes how you heard things. Because you heard things in a tone or over a text or... Um, and. It ju- you just had a preconceived what they meant by that
0: yeah that can happen in a text message or an email
1: well it happened in conversation too but that, that was before we knew okay this is what I'm hearing you say Yeah. you know that that's why I'm saying it, it's each one of these if it's not met or if it's off balance per se it can it you can twist it yourself and not even realize that you're twisting things
0: well, think about this. You know, this is crossing my mind right now. Six human needs. If I rank so high in significance and my love language is words of affirmation, that could be a recipe for disaster in the wrong hands. hmm You know? Because, I mean, I was easily manipulated for a long time uh, because I'm such an accommodating person. And,
1: and everybody mistook it for emotional.
0: Well, not everybody, but people did take it, take it for as an emotional person, which I was, and they did take advantage of it. Uh huh. Um, and then your number one was um, my first. The first
1: time we did it, my number one was quality touch. The set or, quality, or quality time. time. The second time we took it, it's it shifted to touch. Which really, those two have always been tied.
0: In were my they, test. Were they?
1: So, um, and again, it can be twisted when it's not being met because there were times when you and I were, um, you know, not having intimate time and it w- it would play with my head because I couldn't figure out, were you mad at me? Did we do something? Is there something wrong? Were we not communicating? Like, I, I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that it really wasn't any of that stuff. It was just simply that we hadn't, been together in a while and i was lacking in that area and i needed it
0: yeah and it's more physical touch is more than just sexual um sexual touch um because looking back i can see knowing that it was number one um or uh, the first time you took it uh number one was quality time and then you know physical touch ranked so high and they did i do remember now that they were pretty much
1: they were identical they the 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 same
0: score That is where I started to do things involving touch on purpose, which was coming and, you know, if I would come home, making sure that I would wrap my arms around you, hug you, love you, give you those touches that you needed to make you feel happy, secure, safe. I actually remember that. And then quality time for us was you and and me one-on-one.
1: Yeah, it, we, um, I didn't realize until later on quality touch or the the touch was an issue because I used to sleep in Kiki's room all the time. And before that, we, we'd always had a rule that when we go to bed, he cuddles with me and spoons with me until I fall asleep. And then once I fall asleep, he's free to go do whatever he needs, but I just needed that to sleep. Just to know that you were there and I could go to sleep. Even now, if we're not together and we're in different towns, he could call me at three o'clock in the morning, and I'm still awake. Like I don't, I don't get much sleep when he's not around. Um, and it's not that I'm not an adult; it's just simply I, I like that. I, I crave that when I go to bed. Uh, quality time for us used to just be just getting out of the house. Like, if we could just get away from chaos for a little while and have... Well, at least I thought up. that's
0: what it was.
1: Well, in the beginning it was. It, it really was because there was so much going on all the time that I don't think I ever had any moment to just shut down. Ever. Kiki was up 24-7, so there really was no shut-off time for me. Um, but then we started realizing that that wasn't quality time that we... You know, movies is great, but... We needed to talk. So what really worked the best, and it still is true now, is either going out on date night and sitting over a meal and just talking for hours, or the absolute most, I think, for us is when we go on drives. Anytime we go on a drive and there's nobody else in the car, we talk about A to Z with no holds barred, and it's usually those times where um we just have a more intimate conversation
0: yeah well you know you're you're being very kind because you said we realized that that wasn't enough but I didn't I thought I was in the right routine getting you out of the house when really the lesson there is just because it starts out a certain way doesn't need mean that it's okay to leave it that way because it's important for things to grow and expand. And, you know, we were checking in, and, uh, uh I think it was during a, a coaching session with Coach Rita, and I was proud of myself for consistently, you know, getting you out of the house. One of our biggest fights was who was going to arrange the babysitting, mm-hmm. which we just constantly went back and forth
1: arguing about. I don't know why I didn't just take that part over. Um, it used to irritate me because if I was in charge of it, Like, he would call me and say, hey, we're going to go out tonight. Can you call and get a babysitter? Okay. Spontaneity was great. Okay, we're going out tonight. We're going to have date night. So, I'm all excited, and then I get left to look for the babysitter. When I couldn't find the babysitter, it just crushed me because that whole balloon just burst, and we finally had a conversation with Rita, and I was like, if you call and set up the babysitting ahead of time, and then you call and tell her, hey, we're going out, there's no... The chance of that bubble being burst is a lot less I mean it would have to be an emergency or something that that came up random yep and then I don't go through that you know downward slide of being depressed because we're not going anywhere and it sent I know I I think about it now and it's like God this sounds so stupid that I would get so depressed over not going anywhere
0: but no, does being
1: in the moment of what we had going on, I like come out of my skin the minute you would call and say, we're going somewhere. It's like, boop, my head goes all the way out. Okay, we're out of here. We are going somewhere. We're going to spend time together. I don't have to worry about kids. Y'all can fix this for dinner. I mean, I was gone the minute you said we were leaving. And so as soon as it crashed, it was like, ugh, and it took me into a really dark spot until we could figure out another time to go. But we just had so much. I needed that yeah, that time away.
0: And when it got to the point where we really didn't have money to go, to e- go out to eat or the movies, we kind of modified that. And it was like, okay, well, now we're going to get away to our room. We're not going to... Don't come knock on the door. We're going to watch a movie or we're going to talk. We're going to eat together. And we're going to dedicate time aside. And... We're gonna set that time aside so it's us and it's quality time. But I was in that counseling session, and you know, I expected to get rave reviews because I was getting her out of the house. We were going to the movies. We we're getting downtime, you know, getting that. Uh, what? What do? You, how do you say it? You're getting that time to like decompress and veg mm-hmm. out and just watch a great movie and then. I just go. needed to
1: turn off. I I needed to be able to. How did Nick put it? Switch hats. I needed to just be able to not have to be mom and not have to be, you know, in control of anything. I could just go be me. But
0: it turned out that that was not meeting your quality time love language because you actually needed my attention focused on you. And I didn't realize that. Anyway, in that in that uh, coaching session, it I expected to get a great review, and it was like it's okay, I guess. And I'm like inside, I'm going like, what? I'm doing exactly what I set out to do. You need to get out of the house. I'm getting you out of the house, and you know I got probably offended and butt hurt, which you know I love getting butt hurt. And then as she started to draw out of us what we actually needed, you actually needed, wanted, and needed my time. And for me to remain focused on you and to make you feel like you were a priority and that you mattered. And I said, it just something switched to me. It said, that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> um, I feel like an idiot because I didn't realize what I was doing. It was all with the right intention. Um, but what happened is it started out just getting you out of the house but then it grew. You started to understand what your need was. Whereas before, you weren't really focused on what your needs were because you were busy surviving. So that, the, that quality time was not getting met. It was going unmet. Mm-hmm. And when you're in survival mode, you don't have time to stop and think, Oh, I feel this way. Why? Oh, my need's not getting met. Because you're not being intentional about that, you're just trying to get through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I say anything that's not right or doesn't doesn't like equal what you were feeling or you know doesn't I kind would of tell match, you. yeah, just tell me. So, with quality time and physical touch, I became very intentional about how I handled my wife, um, because knowing that those things would make her feel loved, appreciated, and fulfilled. It would make her, those things made her feel like she was a priority because she absolutely was a priority. I just didn't understand how she needed it communicated. Um, And then for me, my, my top were, you know, words of affirmation and physical touch. So obviously we're a match right there because physical touch is in the top two for both of us
1: yeah but even that we had times where um and this was because of of how I was raised to believe things so as soon as they said physical touch like oh geez he's talking about sex and I that was one of those things that I was taught it's a service and it it was hard for me to get past the barrier of I'm not doing this Meeting your need is not a service. Meeting your need is something that I want to do. Yes. And you're not telling me that you want to have sex all the time, although I know that's true. It was more, it's a necessity. I need that connection. But it wasn't even just sex. Quincy likes to hold hands. When we drive somewhere, he likes to hold hands. When we go somewhere, he likes to touch. Sitting in the chair, watching a movie, we touch. Our hands are touching. Our arms are touching. Something is always touching. It's a need that we both have. And when we went through your hospital stint and all the the different surgeries and stuff, that was kind of ripped away from us. Mm -hmm. Other than you laying in a bed and me rubbing your hair or rubbing your feet. I mean, a lot of that was taken from us. And it didn't click until you were home. And it was like, okay, we have to figure out a way... Because it wasn't even sex. Sex was off the table completely for months. Yeah. And so it was like, okay. But this is still something that we both, it's a high priority. So we came up with ways around it. We put our chairs together in the bedroom so we could watch movies together. And if he's sleeping in the recliner, I could lay down next to him. And at least we're touching hands. Or, you know, we would make it a point when it was bedtime you know, if you could lay down for a little while, at least you were laying down and you'd have a hand on my leg or touching my shoulder, something yeah. so that we knew the other person was there. We made it a point. I mean, quality time was met because you were home. So I was always around you, which I love having you home. It's when you're sick and you can't do things when you're home. It's like, well, it's great having you here, but this kind of sucks. It's
0: because- a freaking lump of... Meet.
1: it's not even that it's that you want so bad to do stuff and it pains you when you can't and when you have to ask someone else to do something for you it's like gutting you sometimes mm-hmm. it, it is really hard to get you to say i need help now you've gotten a lot better at it and i think that's that's part of the lesson that we learned in all those three or four months was you're just gonna have to man up and ask somebody because there were things that i couldn't do that needed to get done Um, but I also think that the things that are in your lower list of needs, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't need them. And it doesn't mean that you should not work on them because like we said, acts of service was small for you at the time that you were going through your surgeries and all your healing, my words of affirmation were not that big of a deal because you were just trying to heal. You didn't need me to lift you up. You just needed to get through healing. So I took on more the active service side of things to make sure that you were eating the right things. You were getting what you needed, that the kids were staying away when they needed to, or coming in when you could handle it. Um, You know, taking care of the basics, driving you places, getting you to the doctors, that kind of stuff. Things that you couldn't do for yourself. And it was hard for you, but... I think it kind of got a little easier for you to accept as time went on. So now, even though actual service is not a major need, it's not something that you're like, it's like, you know, same with receiving gifts. You still have a hard time with it, but I think now that you've recognized you have a hard time with it, you kind of purposely set yourself up when you know you're receiving gifts to say, okay, just accept it. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Because now he's paying attention to the kids' faces when you open something. Because they, they started when they started getting vocal about stuff, it's like, well, when we give you something, you always go, I'll open it later. And so the last two Christmases, they're like, no, you and mom are opening together at the end. All, mom goes first, and then dad goes, and we're all staring at you. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I guess we're going to shake you out of this, but... It's a good thing, I think, because now you're seeing how they react to seeing you open something that they've poured their heart into or that they've helped me sneak around to get or, you know. Well, that's
0: the the thing about opening gifts in front of people is I'm really worried that I'm not going to have the right reaction and it's going to disappoint someone. Oh,
1: I know. You know what our girls tell me? Oh, that's cool. Because that's my response to a lot of things when I open it. And it's not that I don't like it. I am not good at expressing gratitude for something when someone gives me something. I'm not used to receiving things. So it, it was kind of weird. You know, growing up, we had big Christmases and we had a lot of gifts. But when my grandmother would spoil everybody, every time it would come to me, it was like, I, I don't need anything. I just, I don't want anything. Yeah. I never did. I always felt like I was being greedy. And it was something that I grew up with watching, you know, between my parents. If my mom did something for herself, she hid it. If my dad did something for himself, they hid it. And then when it came to a head with money, it was a greed issue. So those things were ingrained in me growing up. I didn't want to be the greedy person. Right. And I have family members who had money. Excuse me, and they use that to hoard over people. You know, you do this for me, and I'll pay you. Okay, cool. But then later, when you need them to do something, it's like this weird. I don't even know how to explain it. There, money was just a weird thing growing up. Mm -hmm. When you didn't have it, you were looked at a certain way, and when you did have it, you were looked at another way, and there was no in between. And I didn't know how to do that so for us when people give me stuff it's like i appreciate it i just don't know how to say it Mm -hmm. i kind of like lock down a little bit but you even you (coughs) what was it you gave me i forgot what it was you came out of the bathroom you're like doesn't like to receive gift my butt (laughs) and i don't even remember what it was because i got so excited I what year was it it was in this last year and I can't even think oh, of what well, it.
0: Oh well, I know for sure it had to do with uh, your clothing that I bought you that was customized to your book and then there was another that uh, retro jersey that I That's bought you. what it was. Yeah, it was the, the retro
1: jersey. I opened my my retro jersey at Christmas and I squealed. And I don't usually do that, but I got really super excited and
0: Well it, To top that off, I had you open some of your Kings of Fury stuff, and uh, you said swear words. And I I was like, yeah, (laughs) I know that's good now. (laughs) I was like, heck yeah, baby. Well, speaking of you know, looking at uh, my journey through the three or three and a half years or so of surgery, I decided to take the love language test again to see what it looked like. Now, just to line that real quick, Words of affirmation was a nine. Physical touch was an eight. Quality time was a seven. Acts of service was a five. And then receiving gifts was a one. That's the first time I took it. The second time I took it, which was going through that period of uh, surgery due to diverticulitis, um, quality time was a ten. Acts of service was an eight. Whereas before, it was a five, and it was fourth on the list physical touch was a six words of affirmation went all the way down to a four and then receiving gifts was last it went it doubled though it was a two instead of a one and you know i think it was very interesting because i knew going into it that one of the most important pieces of it now i thought i was just going to have one surgery and i was going to be done yeah And that didn't happen. No. Um, It wasn't even two. I think it was five
1: surgeries.
0: I mean, it's more if I include all those drains. You had
1: five surgeries and like eight stays.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. But I knew going into that, that as far as the mental side went, that would be the most important piece for me to build and to stay strong and to have a routine for so that physically my body would heal. But I went into it saying, I've got to build myself and get myself through this mentally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which, in my theory, is why acts, or words of affirmation went down. Because in prayer, in meditation, in those times I felt like, you know, being a man of faith, the Holy Spirit was giving me words of affirmation. To really build me during that time. So I don't know why it went down lower. I just know it was something I took upon myself. But quality time shot to a 10. And it was first as opposed to being third. And of course acts of service was a love language to me at that time. Because I couldn't do anything for myself. You know very very little.
1: It was a need, yeah. It was a a big need.
0: And I was, I I don't know of a time, aside from, you know, when I was born, that uh, I was more vulnerable and needed so much help. And the family, they stepped up, and and y'all helped me so much. But I did get more time than I've ever had with the family. Mm -hmm. It grew closer to the kids. You and I have been tight for a long time, but, you know... We still got to spend our time together when I wasn't sleeping. Um, I just think it's really interesting that you know, quality time and acts of service became the big thing. I think, but it's why needed it in the moment.
1: That's what I'm saying. I don't think that they they necessarily change all the way, but I do think that it's important to reevaluate them when things are changing. I mean, look at the COVID situation and everybody getting put on lockdown and not being able to do a lot in the beginning. Of everything that happened, quality time. Everybody was like, oh, go for walks with your family, go for bike rides, you know, spend time with your family. Okay, that's all well and good, and I have nothing against it. But I need time with my husband. And time with my husband, when you can't go anywhere, and our typical date night is to get up and get away from the family and have quality time conversation and, you know, make plans and, and, because that's a lot of our quality conversations is us planning. Whether it's a book, a vacation, uh, a sports season coming up, things for the kids, places we want to go visit that year. We are always, yeah, we are always talking about things we want to do and Mm -hmm. how we want to do it or things that we've just done And what we took away from it, and what do we want to do with it? And we had just come out of that marriage conference. We had just started looking at, you know, get list things that you haven't tried together that you want to try together. We had a list of things, you know, going to a winery and a a paint and wine night and random things. And then now you can't go anywhere. You're not allowed to go anywhere without a mask. Nope. Now you just can't go anywhere because everybody's closed. And now you have to stay home with your kids, and everybody has to be home with the kids. And no matter what you do, there's the kids. And I was just like... Kids are awesome. And I we, love my children. And we have tons of kids. But... If you're a parent,
0: you know there's times where you just need a mental break. I don't know. Maybe if you only have one kid, you know, and that kid's independent, and you see him every couple of days or some crap like that. Um, but I'm, I'm weird. I have evolved since those surgeries because I would rather be home. And... Put this aside, if I have the opportunity to go somewhere with you, I'm going somewhere. But that's with the you.
1: difference. Uh, that's what I'm saying. We had a set routine. Yeah. We had date night once a week, and once a month, we, we went hockey. away for at least a weekend, one weekend a month. And it took us years to get where we could financially and care wise for the kids succeed at that. Yeah. It it was never available before. So here we've had a year, a little over a year of I've got a weekend away this month. And you have no idea. Well, maybe you do. If you can do this. My mindset and my mental health was so much better knowing I don't care what happens in these other 26 days of the month. Right. I get these three away and a drive day.
0: And that's true because we had to modify things because of childcare. So we stopped getting our date night. We kind of tried to do date night at home. That's when we kind of started piloting that program. But we did get to go to hockey. And I remember you saying, as long as I have this to look forward to, I can sacrifice X, Y, and Z because I have this time that we're going to go and get to be I'm together. I'm still
1: getting the same amount of time together with you. So even if we didn't do a date night every week, I'm still getting at least three or four days. But in those three or four days, we don't just do hockey. We go out to eat. We spend time in the hotel. There's lots of sex, which is great. But we also have a lot of conversation that we don't normally get to have. Yeah. Without all the interruptions or a teenager piping in their two cents. So, that for me was really, really important. And I think when things like that happen, it's important to go back and double check your love languages because it's not that it's changed. If they're they're not I don't think that you as a person change so much that your needs are completely different. I just think that in the season things shift. I mean, when you were going through your surgeries, things shifted. Physical touch was not available to us in the way that we really needed it. We had to adapt. Yeah. What do you need that's going to still show you that I'm here, that I love you, that you are important to me, that you are appreciated? How do we do that? So even looking back at times when I was in the hospital with one of the kids, I needed the affirmation and the, the moral support because I was up against people who are looking at me like I'm stupid because I don't have a doctorate. But I know my child. Mm-hmm. And when people want to push and and give me crap about our kids, I'm the biggest bulldozer in the room. But I was struggling because I'm by myself with her and I've got 12 other people telling me what's going to happen. But I know that I know that I know. So when I would call and talk to you, what I needed the most was exactly what you gave me. No, babe, you know what's going on. You know what's right You're going to push for this. And if you need me to step in, it's like I just needed that extra. You believed in me and what I was doing was right. And I can push forward if I know you've got my back. But it's just in the moment that those things might shift a little bit.
0: Agreed. And that's one of the beauties and one of the lessons that we have taught you, man versus marriage nation, and that Coach Rita taught us. Which is, what does that look like? Great. My, uh, my um, number one um, love language was words of affirmation when I took the test. Great. What does that even mean? I affirm you, Quincy Moran. Uh, okay. Cool, bro. Um, but if it's like, you know, I'm struggling or, you know, hey, honey, you did great there or that was great. Or even, you know, I'll just put this out there. During sex time, getting that feedback that that was an awesome orgasm.
1: That was not where I was going to go, but okay. But I'm just being blatantly honest. I can give you an example that maybe you wouldn't have thought of. Okay. We were having a conversation with our son the other night, and Quincy got a little emotional. And then he turned around and apologized for getting emotional. And immediately... I corrected that to say, don't ever apologize for being emotional because the boys need to see that. They need to see that it's okay that you have a heart, that something pricks you. They need to see that, yeah, yeah you're hurt about this, but your hurt over one son is what opened your heart to help another. You get what I'm saying? And, and it was the affirmation you needed in that moment because you were, I saw it, you were starting to dig on yourself for how you were feeling and why you were feeling that way and showing your son that you feel this. And it's like, hold on, wait a minute. Disappointment happens. Yeah. Hurt happens. Being pissed off and putting yourself on the line and having somebody squash you, you don't always have to get pissed about that. It's okay to feel the pain of it. And they needed to see that. He needed to see that. Because what we've gone through... With him and with others. He's seeing it, but I don't think he understood the impact of it. Mm. But seeing the emotional response, I think he saw the impact of it. This isn't just me saying, I want you to do this, this, and this, and I wanna trust you. This is me telling you when you break that trust, this is what it does to me, this is how it feels. And I think it's important. But watching you start to do the downward spiral, even the conversation we had the other night where you were feeling bad about your own failures in the past with being a dad and things that we've, we've dealt with just having that moment in that conversation to reaffirm to you. Yeah. I, I get where you're at. Cause I've been there and I'm, I'm going through the exact same thing. So I understand it, but look at all these things you have done as a father. That's the affirmation. It's, it's, reminding the other person of the great things that they've done, that you've seen, that you've walked out with them, or maybe that's going on in the moment. Point it out because those are the things that fill them up to say, oh, brownie points. Okay, that was good. I did something good there. And it's not like, you know, give a dog a bone or anything like that. It's just simply those are the things that you hold on to when something goes to crap. Those are the memories that you go to. Is Yeah, but I remember you telling me this. And it helped get me out of this funk. How well, many times in a work day have we had those conversations where it's like I, I had sent some stuff to you at work and you just happened to pull that one paper that day and it was like, okay, my wife says this. So screw whatever this is. My wife says this. Yeah.
0: And make no mistake. Give a dog a bone because as long as it's authentic, mm-hmm. I take it and it matters. And that's a, you know, in my in my spiritual journey i do get built up i that's part of something that when those words come and they are infused in me about belief and then i start to believe in myself and i affirm myself and and build those up and you know then hear that you or the kids or people believe in me that still builds me mm-hmm. even though it may not be top shelf it's still very impactful because when i do something great and people give other people the credit it affects me negatively or it has until i've until i had took a step back because i knew it burned me i took a step back and said well who will you allow to give you those words of affirmation who will you allow those words to have impact Who has the credibility to speak those words of affirmation that matter into your life? And that was a great shift for me to say, no matter what your words are, I'm not going to allow them to affect me positively or negatively because there's a select group of people that get the privilege, even though that sounds terrible, they get the privilege of saying what matters to me.
1: It's not... It's not a bad thing. Those are called boundaries. That's true. You, you have a set. I'm the same way. I have five people in my life, literally five that no matter what mood I'm in, no matter what circumstance it is, they have the right at any time to call it as it is. And no matter how pissed I might get, no matter how emotional I might get, no matter how sappy, whatever, those 5 people are the only people who have a complete pass to say it and I will take it as 100% gold. I I can guarantee you whatever they're telling me, I trust wholeheartedly they're not going to lie to me and they're not going to manipulate me. Other people I might take it and value it, but if I don't have full trust in you, I'm going to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just a learned thing. I had to put up boundaries because we have, everybody has this, but if you have too many voices speaking into you, how do you know which ones are real? Right. And which ones are telling you things because they know who the core of you is. The five people in my life know me, good, bad, ugly, and whatever. They've seen me at my best and my worst. But they've been there every single time. Yeah. The ones that have come and gone, they don't hold a hell of a lot of weight.
0: And they shouldn't. And the, and the the fact is is they they shouldn't. And that took a lot for me to learn. Um whether it whether it's family or people in positions of authority, um, celebrities athletes you know popular professional athletes whatever you have to decide who has the right to speak into your life and what credibility you give to them just a quick lesson at no additional charge that has been a value to me Mm -hmm. this episode somebody put the brick on the gas took the break out and it is flying down the highway so we're gonna have to close this one out
1: That's okay.
0: I had a good time with this episode. I think there's a lot of value in there for our studly listeners. And I want you to get your tail over to whatever search engine you use and go to the five love languages. Take the test. If you've taken the test in the past, go against the grain, take it again, see where you are in life. Okay? And then get with your wife and start to learn. If she has some time, ask her to listen to this episode. If you're a wife, have a husband listen to it. Yada, yada, vice versa. Let us know what we can do to help you. I hope this this might be one of those episodes where you're going to have to go back and listen again just to get some of those clues dialed in so that they will help you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You're a super stud. You're part of an elite class of human beings on the face of the earth because you listen to man versus marriage i am the q dog quincy w dot moran she is Jeannie moran and this is man versus marriage the podcast how good do you want your life to be you gotta live on purpose for a purpose it's truly about becoming the best version of yourself it's possible this is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.